0: Welcome back everyone to After the Sermon Ends. We know that after the sermon ends, the conversations begin. Today I am joined by Pastor Marcus Donaldson and our good friend Matthew Minor. How we doing guys?
1: Can't complain. Yep, doing well.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, let's just jump right into it. We've uh, been going through Romans, and we finally got to Romans 4 after uh, a brief intermission last week where Marcus may have prepared it, but then forgot that he, like, had
1: three other verses in the previous chapter. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to the sermon application team. <laughs> Keep yeah, me accountable.
0: Yeah. Romans 4, chapter 1 through 8. Marcus, you covered that last week. Why don't you give us a quick recap?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're really just flowing from this this doctrine or the subject that Paul's been on, justification by faith alone. We saw all the way back in 321 through 26, the explanation then last week, like you mentioned, in 27 through Thirty-one. Uh, we looked at the implications, and then now we're looking at the illustration of this doctrine. So he spends all of chapter four um, using Abraham as an illustration of justification by faith alone. And in the first eight verses, he really uh, tees it up there, where you know we we see what Abraham uh, what Abraham found or what Abraham discovered, and then we see what Paul taught, and then. Um, what David declared or proclaimed, so he's just—he's really just showing us that that the supreme example um, in the history of the Jewish people mm-hmm. that Abraham, their their uh, foremost patriarch, um, was justified by faith alone, and that's you know what what he builds from in the rest of the chapter, really all of that to to say at the end of the chapter that this applies to us also. So it's an yeah. argument from the greater to the lesser. If Abraham, the supreme example of justification by faith alone, uh, was justified in that way, then how much more so will you and I?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Matthew, you weren't in the service on Sunday. You were with the kids. But um, what were some of your thoughts on the the passage as a whole?
2: So this passage, honestly, I think is really good because Paul, his audience he's talking to, is very much of the opinion that, Um, As long as you hold the commandments from a young age, you're there, Mm -hmm. even though that is very much not the case. It's like, if we look back at the Pharisees and Sadducees, honestly, while we harp a lot on them, they were extremely book-wise. Oh, yeah. Like, they memorized not only the first five books of of, uh, our Bible, but Mm -hmm. also many commentaries and everything, and they had that fully memorized. Yeah. I can think of... One person that I know has ever memorized a whole book (laughs) of the Bible, and that still was the shortest book in the Bible. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But it's one of those that if you could have been saved by just following what God said from a young age, not your whole life, um, then they would have been saved. But Paul is very specific in showing this example of Abraham, who is saved by his faith because... He does. He did exactly what God had asked him. He also he wasn't perfect. We can look at his uh, his own struggles when he's getting his wife to marry these random guys. Yeah, and all because he's afraid. Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah, and that was you know especially as it relates to the the Jews of Jesus's and Paul's day. Um, some of their own literature, the rabbinical tradition and um, common Jewish belief, contradicted that. Um, Abraham was justified by faith alone. They believed, uh, like Matthew said, that some that I read that one he was sinless, that he had been serving the Lord since he was three years old. Um, they <clears throat> took certain passages out of context so that um, he wasn't justified by by faith, but by his faithfulness, mm-hmm. um, where faithfulness becomes not a, a fruit of faith, but a, a consequence, or like a not a not a consequence, but like a a prerequisite mm-hmm. for faith. Um, so all of that to say, you know, they the Jews of Jesus's and Paul's day believed that Abraham was justified by work. So Paul is taking that head on and and confronting it.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting, uh, Matthew, that you bring up that the the difference between like the the Pharisees and Sadducees, and then with Abraham here of like Abraham didn't grow up with that. Like he didn't grow up with the the law being taught yeah. to him. He didn't grow up with the the, um, like, the memorization of Scripture or anything, because like, they didn't have the Scripture.
1: Right, 600 years before God established the uh, Old Covenant through Moses.
0: Yeah, yet they still believed that Abraham would be justified by works, and, like, so Marcus, you did a really good job of, of showing us how that wasn't the case, and how he was living in paganism and idolatry, and, uh, before God called him that, like, that's how he lived, and, um, yeah, I and mean, we can, we can jump into the life of Abraham here in a in a sec. But I thought that was just a really cool uh, dichotomy there, and um, how yes, like the the Pharisees, they did have their their outward obedience and their memorization, like they had it on point, and they had to in that in that culture. But again, like if Abraham himself, the the father of this nation, and the father of the Jews, and the father of all who believed, wasn't wasn't justified by works, then how could these Pharisees, Sadducees, and religious leaders.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. So let's just jump into that first point of, um, let, I mean, why is Paul singling out Abraham as the, the supreme example here?
1: Uh, he, again, he was the, the first and foremost Hebrew patriarch. Um, it was through his loins that, um, the nation of Israel was born, um, and through his loins that the Messiah would ultimately come, that Christ would ultimately come. Um, you know, so he, when, when you thought about, um, the father of the Jews, right, we see that in John eight, um, we have Abraham for our father and Jesus is like, no, he's not your father. If you, if he was, you would do the works that Abraham did. Um, but it's, so when you thought when they when they tried to trace their lineage back to like this is the person this is the founder this is the starter etc. It was Abraham.
0: Yeah, and then um, and then you you went into kind of his life when Genesis eleven through fifteen. There, um, why don't you give us a kind of a quick um, rundown of like what you were explaining in your sermon?
1: Yeah, when we and Paul doesn't go here in this passage, but I think that that even the the Gentile readers of this letter. Um, were steeped in Jewish tradition and history, um, so they they didn't necessarily need the whole history lesson. Now, a lot of us being um, relatively unfamiliar, maybe, with you know the, the Old Testament, but also uh, the patriarchs and especially Abraham, it, it was important for us to understand. Um, and I think it it's very it's a great source of encouragement to understand. That when God called Abraham in Genesis 12, what we see at the end of Genesis 11 is that he was an idolater, right? Like he was a a moon-worshipping pagan, Um, and he was seemingly content in his paganism. We're not told that there was anything inherently righteous about him. We're not told that he was this like this pious individual. He was he was essentially a Gentile, Um, but God called him in Genesis 12:1 through three, made the 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 promise to him, um, and what we see in uh, Abraham's life and his story, the the narrative in Genesis is that um, that he failed repeatedly. Like Matthew said, he told the sister lie not only in Genesis sixteen but also in Genesis twenty. Um, he he instead of trusting God in that famine, which is what led to the the first sister lie in Genesis. Um, sorry, not Genesis sixteen. Um, Genesis twelve he fled to egypt instead of um instead of trusting in God he uh slept with his wife's servant um following the wife or the advice of his wife and had a in, in hopes to have a male heir with her yeah. so he was trying to initiate God's promise on his own um according to his own schedule and and you just see this this um constant struggle that I think most of us uh, if we're on a struggle with on a daily basis, you know we we read God's word, we read His promise um, about all who are in Christ, about our sins, about our um, our our future um, that he's that he's guiding us, that he His Holy Spirit indwells us and is leading us into holiness. But we struggle um, sometimes, and Abraham is a good reminder one um, that. God is the one who initiates this relationship. Um, two, that he's faithful even when we're not. Um, and then three, that that when you fail, it, it's never it's never okay to to sin, right? Like we don't want to um, we don't want to belittle, but God has uh, in Christ provided the once and for all sacrifice for sins um, and that's past, present, and future. and the only reason that Abraham, uh, was justified was by faith. So, you know, we're we're not earning a righteousness with God. We're not um trying to win it. We're like if we're in Christ, we've got it because of Christ.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um it's one of those ones for me that Abraham is so human. Like this is the reason why I love the Old Testament is just how human it makes these people. Yeah. Because, you know, like if you were writing this story from today's perspective, someone was going to write a fictional story, you'd never do half the things Abraham does. No. Like, you wouldn't write him so that way he's constantly failing. He's never living up to these expectations. But, what I love is that throughout all this, God has still found him favorable because of his faith. Yep. And no matter how many times, because even after the covenant, he continues to sin. Yep. It, It shows that even at the beginning of this journey in the covenant, that we will continue to fail, but we need to refocus on Christ. Yep. And it isn't any, there is no works that could get us there, but instead it is that faith, that faith alone that gets us to there.
0: Yeah, and I think all of this just goes to show that he really had nothing to boast about. You know. And Paul's making that clear. It's like if, he, if it was based by works, and then Abraham would have had something to boast about, but still, even then, not before God, because the standard is not before other men. The standard is not between like Abraham and other humans and us and other humans. It's between us and God. Yeah. And I just I just hear it all the time. And even in my in my own the lies that I like um, have against myself is like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not as bad as that other person. Yeah. Like I've had a I've had a better week than even myself last week. Right. Like I'm doing pretty good. Or like, this person said this, and I'm like, I'm not thinking that. And I'm comparing myself to either other people or even, like, my old self, and I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm not that bad. I'm trying to justify myself, but ultimately the justification lies in Christ, because ultimately we have nothing to boast about before yeah. God, and like, we, we all stand condemned without, without that salvation.
1: Yeah, and, you know, to your point, the implication here is that if he had earned it in any way... Um, Abraham would have reason to boast before man and before God. He could, like we said on Sunday, get in heaven and sing How Great Thou Art While Looking in the Mirror. But he can't because he he did nothing to deserve it. And, and Abraham's life um, that we see in Scripture paints that very clearly for us. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I was reading in my study Bible this morning about it, and he was saying about how, like, if it was based on works, then God would have owed... Yep. Salvation and would have owed righteousness yep. to Abraham, or to anybody, really. And God is not going to owe anything to anybody. And I like what you said on Sunday about like how God doesn't do duets. Yep. And that may sound harsh to some people, but at the same time, it's like, when we look at ourselves compared to God, we don't want it to be a duet. No. <laughs> it would be the worst duet, because one person's just slacking behind. Yeah, absolutely. A, a million percent.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's that's really you know, verse three is where we ended that. Um, what Abraham discovered or what Abraham found? What he found is that he was justified by his faith um, and not by his works. And in that, in verse three, we had um, a very important like tie. Paul is pointing us back to Genesis fifteen six, where we where we see that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Um, that that word counted logizomai in the Greek. Uh, it it dominates the entire chapter. I think eleven times in the in the entire chapter, and six times in uh, these verses, or maybe five times in these verses. But um, yeah, five times in three through eight. So it's a um, it's a economic in in legal term that means to credit something to someone else's account. So again, what Abraham discovered was that that by faith God. Um, counted or credited to Abraham's account, a righteousness that he did not have, and that's what we call imputed righteousness, or otherwise uh, referred to as alien righteousness. Um, this righteousness that we that we do not have could never earn God credits to all through faith in Christ. Yeah,
0: yeah so let's jump in uh, to the next point there, what Paul taught, verses 4 and 5, and really just, he's talking about how... You know, he's explaining that, you know, if it is based on works, then then it's not a gift. Yep. It's just wages due to the worker. Yeah. Um, and we, we know that, you know, it is God who actually justifies the ungodly, so meaning that we can't earn it, that there are no wages due to us as a result, and it has to be a gift um, freely given by God. Um, and it's it's faith counted as righteousness, not works.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just a summary and um, a contrast of working and believing. Um, it, it's relatively simple. Um, and you said it earlier, if Abraham deserved it, it would be his due, it would be his wage, something that God owed him a debt. Um, but since it's by faith alone, it's a, it's a gift that you freely receive.
2: Yeah. yeah, it's one of those where many many people will look and have these, like, why am I going to get into heaven lists? I'm like, oh, I did X, Y, and Z. Yep. Okay, now compare that to the opposite. Yep. Everything that you did that would get you out of heaven, mm. that list will always be longer than anything you could ever do.
1: Right. And, you know, what James says is that if you commit one sentence, it's as if you've broken the entire law. Yep. So it's not like a... Um, to your point, it's not like a scale that, that we so easily try to balance, you know, it's like a, no, like if there's one on the other side, it far outweighs, like it, it immeasurably outweighs any good that you could have done. Because if you've broken one, you've broken the entire thing.
2: Yeah. And while James does say that, um, blanket on the verse, the, uh,
1: Faith without works?
2: Yeah, the faith without works is dead. Um, it's because of what Christ says in the parable, um, where it is that if you produce wrong fruit, then you should be cast out. Because no no fig tree should produce dates, and no dates right. should pr- produce figs. Right. Um, because, because we should know each other by our works. Mm-hmm. While we can't see each other's hearts, we can see what are each other's actions. Mm-hmm. And so we should be able to see our brothers and sisters in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, that is what Paul is saying here, is that while there are people that are doing good works, that those good works are nothing compared to the grace that Christ has given.
1: Yeah, and it's, you know, faith without works is dead. It's, uh, faith, or, well, good works are the necessary consequence of faith or, or salvation. And, and so... You know, when we read Ephesians two eight and nine, what we see in verse ten is that we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, uh, for good works, which God purposed beforehand. Like it, it's it's in Christ that um, that we are able to do good works. It's it's by faith that we're able to do good good works. It, it's it's a consequence, a necessary consequence. You, it's not just a easy believism where you know you just believe get the fire insurance and then you just live however you want no like it, you should be uh, progressively growing in Christ' likeness yeah
2: if there is no change then was there truly a conversion right because we're all supposed to be walking the narrow path and so if you're walking if you're walking that narrow path and it looks exactly like you're walking the white, the wide path it doesn't matter mm. yep. then you need to reevaluate what you what you saw at the first
1: yeah, because you're still at the wrong oh, still on the wrong path.
2: Yeah.
0: Cool. Anything Slide else there you. from from Paul's thoughts? Or last
1: last I would add there in four and five is that he's um lumping Abraham into um uh but believes in him who justifies the ungodly. He's lumping Abraham into the ungodly. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, again, when we consider what the Jews believed about Abraham, it's an important distinction to make. Mm-hmm.
0: That's good. Now jumping down here to what David declared, and he, uh, Paul references uh, two verses from Psalm 32. Yep. um you know, blessed is the one whose lawless deeds are forgiven, whose sins are covered, blessed is man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. Like, beautiful, beautiful verses there. Um, what is what is David declaring there? Well,
1: Paul includes him to substantiate his argument about Abraham, um, and, and really he's saying that David is saying the exact same thing that I've been saying. Like, anybody reading this, um, what you should see is that from as early as Genesis 15:6 and I would argue that you can see this in the in the fall mm. um in the garden but as early as Genesis 15:6 um this has always been on the books and then we move from Abraham to David who you know hey here's the the king of Israel the great king of Israel who declared the exact same thing he realized the exact same thing and this is something that he's been saying um so paul's using him to substantiate his claims uh, or his claim of justification by faith alone and we see a lot of like really important words but the that we honed in on on sunday but the the three imputations are the thing that i i spent a little bit of a um, little bit of extra time on because i think that they're they're so important. And those three, just again, the first one being in the garden, where God credited or counted or imputed Adam's sin onto everybody else. He was our representative, just like a a football team. If one player jumps off sides, the whole team is penalized. Mm -hmm. That means we became uh, sinners long before we ever existed. And we read Romans 5.12, where um, it's the the proof text or one of the proof texts for this imputation. The second one is that um, all the sins of Anyone who would ever believe, all who would ever believe, were got imputed to Christ on the cross. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21, For our sake, that's believers, He, God, made Him, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus was sinless, lived a a perfect life, but on the cross, God put all of the sins of everyone who would ever believe um, onto Him as the once and for all sacrifice. Those are the first and second imputations the third being where God imputes this is what we're talking about here this third imputation where God puts uh, or imputes credits to um, righteousness Christ's righteousness to all who would ever believe that's what I was going to say with the second yeah we became sinners long before um, God credited them to Jesus on the cross and there are, are people who ask you know and, and I've even wondered this sometimes, and I think a lot of people still struggle with this, especially as a, as far as justification is concerned. You know, we're talking about past, present, and future sins. The Your sins were all future 2,000 years ago when Christ died on the cross. That that was the, the point. That's good. You know, so it, it's not a matter of like, well, I'm saved, now I have to be sinless. Yeah, that's the goal. Very impossible to do, practically, um, if you're as as wretched as the the Bible says that you are. Yeah, but, sorry, but God credits his righteousness to all who believe in Christ through that once and for all sacrifice.
2: Yeah, and if you go, it's God, he knew what was going to happen before the start, the foundation of this world. And so God, knowing that, would not have provided just enough to cover just, like, you can't lose your salvation based off of any works that you can do. Mm. Right. Because... God knows we are going to continue to sin. This yeah. is a process of sanctification, yep. not a process of, boom, you're a saint.
1: Right. I mean, we get to Romans 7, and we, and we see that clearly.
2: Yeah. And it's also, if we look at other examples, like he's quoting David here. David is said to be a man after God's own heart, yet he murders a dude, takes his wife, and has a kid with him after trying to get the guy to get, get relations with her to cover up his own bad doings. And then, like you can look at his son, Solomon, wisest dude ever, according to the Bible. Yet he was so depressed and sought after worldly pleasures and not focused on God for so much of his life. Yet he builds the temple. Yep. It's like God uses these imperfect people to do His perfect will. Yep. And that's just so awesome.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. It it's awesome. It's amazing. That's why we can sing Amazing Grace with um glad hearts and humbled hearts instead of you know well i yeah i was a sinner until the point that the lord saved me but but now you know i'm sinless like well you just haven't read the bible yeah. <laughs> you know look at the people in there there there's only one perfect person who has ever existed on this earth and that's christ mm-hmm. everyone else either before they were justified by faith alone or after struggled to matthew's point yeah. Um, even the the author of this this book the apostle Paul
2: uh, he he's like a master theologian at at a young age yeah. mm. and then he's like okay I'm going to go kill all these people and then he learns well I should not have been doing that
1: yeah I mean he was looking for the lord just not in the way that we mean it
0: <laughs> yeah yeah going on, one more thing on those three imputations I thought those were really really interesting and I think, yeah, that, that final imputation is probably the hardest for us to grasp. Like, it's, it's pretty easy for us to know that Adam's sin affects all humanity, and we can all, like, in Christianity at least, believe that the sins of all the world have been put onto Jesus, but I think we, we struggle a lot of times with believing that his righteousness is fully imputed to us um, because, like, we have that mentality of, like, oh, we, we've been saved, now it's up to us to do better. I think of like there's some like there's movies out there where it's like people have been in prison and they're like just messed up their life and then all of a sudden they get a second chance. But then from that second chance, it's like uh, it's up to them to do better. It's up to them to, you know, make sure that their their path is a good one. Where it's like in our life, it's like no, we're still going to need someone to walk with us every single day and like be the director of our life and and guide 100%. us and not let us go back into that prison.
1: A hundred percent. I think you know to that point, it's. I never want to um ignore personal responsibility striving for holiness personally right. but then at the at the same time you know we we not only have somebody walking with us we have the holy spirit living inside of every born again believer we have god's providential hand guiding us um you know at, at, through through this life and then um secondarily it we live in a performance culture which is like Oh, somebody has done this for me they 've given me that second chance or they 've cleaned me up or helped me out now i got to do right by them um, and yeah that's certainly like an expression of gratitude, but to your point where where it gets um, very difficult for us to accept uh, that third imputation uh, god's righteousness to all who believe in Christ um, that we've been talking about in verses one through eight of Romans four it's um, it's hard to see, and, and I think it's, that's one of, those, one of those times where you have to trust in God's word of promise, just like Abraham did all those years ago.
2: Yeah, well, It's like, you know, m- many people use the phrase, um, you need to pull yourself up by your boot- bootstraps. The thing is, if you actually know the history of this phrase, the history of this phrase is that when mines collapsed and you were going to die, they told you that because you can't. It is physically impossible to pull yourselves up by your bootstraps. Someone had to pull you out of this mine. And if they couldn't, that's what they said. Because it was better to have that to know than it was to not know. Yeah. Um, So also to to get my C.S. Lewis out of the way. There uh, we go. Screw tape letters. Yep, I was expecting it. 100% what I would recommend with this one. Because in the screw tape letters, C.S. Lewis does a really good job of showing people. Like one of the major tactics is getting a christian or getting anyone to just focus on themselves. Yep. It's like, oh, I have to do this. Hmm. Cuz if you if the word I is anywhere in the statement, you're you're not going to be able to save yourself. Yep. You, it is it needs to be that I failed and Christ
0: succeeded. Yeah. yeah for sure. All right. Uh, any final thoughts or encouragements for the listener today
2: to uh, focus exactly on that. So, don't focus on your own failings, but focus on the success that is in Christ using these examples of these Old Testament heroes as like an example of that while we still will commit sins, that we need to focus on Christ and Christ alone. Yeah. Um, Also, if you want to hear any more about Abraham or um, any more on James, you can listen back in the podcast because we went through both of those here at City Church. Yep.
0: There you go. All right. Well, listener, thank you so much for joining us today that we hope that you were blessed by this conversation uh, you can join us at City Church in Gainesville on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. We're, we're continuing to champion that new time. Uh, we're really excited about the, the things coming up. We're also getting ready for the fall with back-to-school things, so uh, be on the lookout for those Wednesday announcements. But, uh, listener, thank you so much again. Until next time.